Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. It's Halloween night, so I hope you're out trick-or-treating instead of watching this live. But if you're here watching me live, I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. I've got a returning guest to the show. He's been on several times. Uh, he was the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party in 2020, and he has a monopoly on the best USS Liberty jokes. Spike Cohen, how are we doing tonight, man? I'll tell you, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I, I will say, I think your meme, uh, your USS Liberty meme that you shared uh, on, uh, oh, yeah. at, at least on Instagram uh, yeah. earlier today or yesterday, that might have all of mine be. That might, it might, it was good. Yeah, the best one good. I've seen is Ben Shapiro in uh, an Israeli airplane. And instead of the USS Liberty, it's the USS Libtard. And then... The two guns on the airplane <laughs> say facts and logic. <laughs> that's the best one I've seen. <laughs> that's that's has layers. I like that. Actually, that's the best one now. That's better than anything you or I have done. Yeah, I got to upload that one to Instagram. I don't think I have it up there. <laughs> so I've got a little Halloween secret that I don't know. Well, actually, I said it on Forest Mommy's channel yesterday, but I don't think I've ever told my audience. I have never been trick-or-treating in my whole life. Me either. Um, you didn't either. I did. I was wondering. Yeah. No. What's the, uh, so from, from my parents' perspective, from a fundamentalist Christian perspective, it was evil to participate in Halloween. And it's not like we wouldn't yes. be friends with people who participated, but we couldn't do it. Was yep. it the same yep. sort of thing with you? Or Yeah, pretty much from my fundamentalist messianic Judaist background uh jewish not judaist uh background it was the same thing that the halloween is of the devil and uh and all of that and even though i'm not a practicing uh, a jew uh anymore uh, it still feels weird right like it's it's and i know it's from decades of conditioning but it feels weird it's like yeah we're gonna all dress up like satan and give each other candy and i'm like and some of us are gonna dress like slutty nurses and um and it's like all right that go have fun i'll see you tomorrow i and it's weird i just it's not something that really appeals to me don't have a problem with it at all but uh i've just never and yeah it was the same thing like my friends would do it and and you know my parents are like you know what they're doing is demonic and i'm like but they're still my friends right oh yeah, yeah they're your friends they're fine they're cool but what they're doing is demonic yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, I know it's because of that conditioning, but it's just, it does not appeal to me at all. Yeah. See, it always appealed to me. I always want I, oh, I really? the idea of like dressing up and going and getting candy. I mean, oh, wow. sounds like tons of fun, but never got to do it. And it was, it was uh, one of those things that lasted all the way through all five of us kids. Cause with most of the standards, my older sister and I, they were very strict with and then my younger brother, they were a little bit looser with, and they just, yeah, yeah. as it went down the line, they got less and less strict, but the trick or treating <laughs> thing all the way down, all, yeah. I think my sis, I forget how old my youngest sister was, but she was like 16 or something. And she was just doing it for fun or something. And my parents were like, Nope, <laughs> you can't. it was, yeah. it was crazy, but it was just one of those things. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Even you know, getting into my later teens, it was nothing my parents were going to enforce against me or, or I'd be in any trouble. They'd just be disappointed. Just was never, I don't know. It was just something that never really, I'm not against uh, costumes. I'm not against candy, but if you combine them at the end of October, I don't it's like demonic. It. It's, yeah. it's demonic. <laughs> it's demonic. It's a thing that I don't even really believe in, but it's bad. And I, it's, yeah. it's honestly, it's just at this point, uh, I haven't done it up to this point. I and I just I guess I just find it odd, but I think it's great. If people want to do it, it's fantastic. And it teaches kids the value of networking. And when their parents take a good bit of their candy, they learn a, a devastating lesson about taxes. That's right. And then they're, you know, they're prime suspects for being hired for young Americans for liberty to go knock on doors for candidates after they're used to doing it for candy. You know, if you can do it for candy, you can do it for liberty, right? If you can do it for a kid and you can still dress up too. And you can show yeah. like, I'm a slutty nurse. Here's why you should vote for, you know, Thomas Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh man, dude. I, I mean, every election, I just think it can't get much worse than this as far as like who they're putting up. But and then... this year is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe oh, how amazing man. it is. Like, uh, did you watch the Pennsylvania debate? 
with Oz and Fetterman at all? Did you suffer through that? I mean, I, I can't lie. I wasn't, I was having the time of my life. I was laughing so hard, but it was at the same time, like, Oh my God, why are we doing this? Yeah, I didn't. I honestly didn't watch it. Um, because I, I think I had something that, that evening, but I also, uh, I've seen clips of it and my God, like why, like, I mean, to be clear, I want Fetterman to win, not because I'm oh, a too. fan of Fetterman. I just want to make yeah, this clear. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if it's got to be, I, I want to say, if it's not going to be a, a, the Libertarian winning or whatever, if it's going to be a Republican or a Democrat winning, I want Fetterman to win. Not because I think I agree with his policies, I although right. I do agree with the caricature from the Republicans of what Fetterman wants to do. I agree with at least some of that. Uh, especially when it comes to you know ending the entire war on drugs. If that's true, I'm totally based. I'm 100% behind that. It's not because of that. It's because for the same reason that if uh, if Chase Oliver doesn't win for Senate in Georgia, I want Herschel Walker to win. It's I want that the absolute caricatures to be in the Senate making a total mockery of the idea that this way, this this system we have is the best way to pick um, you know, who's going to rule over us uh, and that it's actually like kind of the worst way, one of the worst ways to choose this. Uh, and I, I just think it's incredible. And uh, so, yeah, I would like to see that. Yeah, we actually brainstormed about this a lot when we were down in Maryland together. We were thinking like maybe a Walker Fetterman uh, ticket in 2024 where you know they, yeah, yeah. they embrace bipartisanship you know they <laughs> do America. like a, a unity <laughs> ticket that whole article's a unity thing like instead of yeah. going with gabbard and crenshaw or whoever it was it's like no no no, guys we no. we have the candidates for you <laughs> these guys <Yeah>. will <laughs> these guys will yep. really shake things up and give the people Rep what they want <laughs> republicans and democrats will come together to make every excuse possible for for the five years of campaigning and then being president for one actually probably nine years of you know campaigning for a year and then two terms as president and vice president i i yeah i'm i'm sold i'm with it and i i'm i'm right uh walker fetterman fetterman walker you know let's do it i i think that uh i think it is incredible that people will look at that and go yep this two-party system is really serving us really well i think it's awesome <laughs> By the way, side note, and you know this, um, when we were in uh, Maryland, you made sure that I was able to get places because I was at my back blew out multiple times. And I was like an old man, like, you know, at a 45 degree angle walking around like this. And it, you're, if anyone liked the speech I gave at uh, on the uh, at the um, free Julian Assange rally in D.C., it's because of this man that I was even there. It's true. Um, he drove I me filmed there. it, too. Yes. And he filmed it too. Oh yeah. If yeah. you like the filming of it, then you, you, I mean, again, this guy was the MVP. Yeah. He got me there in one piece and I actually had to lay, I was, my back was so bad. I couldn't sit up. I had to lay down in the back seat of, of his car, which apparently was perfectly made for supporting my lower back. Cause I got out feeling wonderful, walked around like a champ all day long and then the next day blew it out even worse and then like three days later blew it out even worse and had to live on ibuprofen for like three weeks after that but i'm good now yeah i you were down at like liberty con i, I was watching your debate with destiny and right at the beginning you were saying yeah my back is still really hurt and i was like wow still <laughs> and then i was supposed to have you on like last week or the week before yeah. or something and yeah. uh brian just told me no nah, his back is bad and i was like wow Damn, he really no, it was bad. So is that the first time you've ever done it that bad? or it, So I think what happened, it, so the short answer is no. It used to be a lot worse than it is. It's, it was actually at its worst in my 20s. And I've been doing a lot of like physical therapy and core work over the years, so it's better. I think what the problem was is that usually when my back goes out, I sit my ass down somewhere and relax and go to a physical therapist or a chiropractor and get it better. And then I go and do stuff. But because of my schedule, that wasn't an option. So I literally hobble from place to place to speak at the rally, to speak at Liberty Speaks, which we were both at, to speak, to then go down to Liberty Con and do multiple things there. And I just had to kind of, you know, grimace and, and get through it. I, I will say, uh, uh, you know, I'm now a fan of Big Pharma or at least whoever made I ibuprofen because that's what got me through. Like I maxed out my daily like I actually looked up what is the maximum amount of ibuprofen I could take before I die. And I took that much, like just maybe shy of death 
uh, I took that oh, wow. for like for about a week or so, and I, I tapered off until uh, uh, now. I'm, I haven't taken it for a few days now, so I'm I'm pretty much back to 100. That was the longest it was, but it was because it kept going out because I kept not sitting my ass down and getting better. I kept like, oh, I guess I got to get to the airport for my next thing, and like you know, hobbling through the airport. Yeah, well, at least the house we were staying in was like one floor, no staircases, no like weird. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like this a. Was... 200 year old house or yeah. anything like that <laughs> yeah no it wasn't like a 200 and some odd year old house that not only had multiple floors but also had multiple floors on each floor where there was like step ups and stuff it was a really cool house like it that was, was an yeah. awesome house we stayed in but if you if your back goes out multiple times not the best house to be in not the i would have preferred the whole time i'm like man i wish this were a rancher and you just walk you know you'd like you just keep walking to the bedroom. You don't have to go up and down stairs. But, I, you know, it was good. But, uh, the owners of that house were incredibly hospitable. And that event was really cool. And the, the going, getting to go to the rally was great. Everything was fantastic, except my back. My back was yeah. bad. Everything else was great. <laughs> and the car, like you said, it's just, it was a miracle Perfect. working seat in the back there that, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person, but maybe the healing power of Christ has been you know, bestowed upon my car for some reason. And I just can't escape it. So it was, and I told you this, it was Jesus's will for you to survive that accident. And the meme Mm -hmm. proves that, but (laughs) what we didn't know, okay, great. That was Jesus's will for you to survive the accident. But why, why would he destroy your truck in the process? That seems Uh, now it's all coming together. Now we know if had you had that truck, I would have had to be in the back of the cab uh, uh, or the, or the, 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 the bed. Yeah. The bed. Yeah. I had to be in the bed of the truck, just, you know, bouncing along the highway there on the way to DC. That would definitely not have been good for my back. He made sure that you would, you know, have to give up that car that you had had for all that time so that you would get this exact car. He guided your hands for the process of choosing that car. This was, I mean, you know, checkmate atheists, anyone who (laughs) thinks that there's not, a, a divine inspired will here to all things I, wrong yeah no i mean just like big pharma was your unlibertarian becoming moment because you know <laughs> of uh ibuprofen this is my this is where i can't hold on to my atheism anymore i mean the backseat of my car has led me to christ so what can i say yeah. <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time someone said that sentence yeah <laughs> You'd have a nickel. I'd have <laughs> at least one nickel. <laughs> we also came up with uh, Coverdale's razor on the trip. It oh, was wow. um, it's pretty good. So there's that was good for people who don't know what the hell I'm talking about. There's uh, Occam's razor, which is yep. uh, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna butcher the wording here, but it's something along the lines of like never uh, always assume the most simple explanation for every yep. incident or something like that. That's not the yeah, right yeah, wording. Yeah. And then Hanlon's razor is never attribute to malice that which can be attributed to uh ignorance uh which is the one i was copying more closely and so this is just applying to the liberty movement i mean it it can apply outside it too but it's mostly applying to the liberty movement so coverdale's razor uh this is just an observation i've made throughout my time in this movement is never attribute to malice that which can be equally attributed to autism and it's it really makes it a lot easier if you start seeing things through that lens all your frustrations all your confusion all your built-up anger or grudges you're holding against people it just kind of all goes away it's like you know i know this isn't your fault (laughs) this isn't your fault this is neurodivergence and very often if you're upset and when i say it's neurodivergence it's often on both people's part so it's not just the one person uh, it's every often every single person involved. And so, yes, that often leads to interpersonal conflict. And I mean, thankfully, you know, we've seen that with some of the younger generations, they've gotten a lot better with early intervention therapy. So hopefully this will resolve itself over time. Uh, but I do think that, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot happening here where uh, where there's a lot of social cues just being missed on multiple fronts. And, uh, and, uh, you know, you can, you know, again, do not attribute to malice unless it's Michael malice, then you have to attribute it to act to that's true. literal malice, but anything else, uh, one would attribute to, uh, to, to some form of, uh, neurodivergence, uh, autism, ADHD and so forth. It's just usually autism and like other areas of life doesn't have this amount of 
weaponization like there's not this not, amount not of this knowledge level, no. and like purpose-driven information behind it so it's just yeah. it's really uh radioactive when you run into it um it's purpose-driven autism yeah <laughs> the worst kind um <laughs> <laughs> also the most the most effective kind the best um, kind really it's yeah. the best of you know it's the best and the worst it's it's really it's just everything it's 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 the it's the most it's the most yeah also at this uh, Assange event in DC, we actually found that despite the 30 <laughs> uh, progressive members of Congress that wrote Biden to, you know, uh, try to take a more, um, you know, a more peaceful and um, yes. uh, strategy to try to talk with the mm -hmm. Russians and de-escalate things. And they retracted it. Everyone has said, okay, the anti-war left is officially dead. In Congress, that is true, but yes. we found some some real live specimen of the anti-war left who still exist, and they have a shocking scientific discovery related to free speech that I had never heard before. I was wondering if you could tell us what that was, Spike. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, like you said, based as hell, you've got all these like communists and socialists and Bernie bros and far leftists who were the one, one of the few things that I found redeemable was their consistent anti-war stance until a few years ago. Um, and I, to see that there's still a, a pretty significant number of them that, that feel that way. I, I was very happy. I'd like to see the anti-war left become mainstream again within the left. I, I'd like to see that right. again. Like it, it was a good thing. Um, so that was really good. But yes, we did learn from none other than 2016 Green Party presidential candidate, Dr. Jill Stein, that uh, this issue of uh, of Julian Assange is not just about free speech, and it's not just about holding government accountable, and it's not even just about protecting journalism. As Dr. Stein told us, and this is a literal word-for-word -word quote, this is a verbatim quote, if Julian Assange is not freed, the ice caps will melt. I love it. I mean, you know, whatever justification been, you need to free Assange, I'm behind sure, it. So. <laughs> sure. We are in a climate crisis, and the only way to fix it is to drop all charges against Julian Assange and let him go. That makes as much sense as saying we have to take money, let the government take our money and throw it at the sun. I mean, really. I, more I, sense, honestly. You know, more like, sense. I, I, yeah. Really, this is at least a good thing, too, right? So it works. It doesn't work. Right. Worst case scenario, we all burn to death, or the drown, or freeze, or whatever the thing is now. Uh, but or all three. But uh, at least Julian Assange will be free when he has to burn, drown, and freeze. Um, but uh, I, I liked the strategy because I felt like the strategy was very like, if you distilled it down, it was like, if Julian Assange is not freed, we're all going to die. And I just, I, I, I'm with it. Like if that's what it, like you said, if that's what it takes to get people behind freeing Julian Assange, it's like, listen, I don't even really know what I think about WikiLeaks, but I don't want me and everyone I know to die. Fine. Yeah. Whatever your motivation is, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you and Dave DeCamp go, both gave great talks that were very informative and, and, you know, pretty compelling, but they just didn't stick with me like the, Nothing. if we don't free Julian Assange, then the ice caps will melt. So I'm like, you know, who's really, who's really making a better case here to the public, you know? It's not even a political issue. <laughs> if you don't want to die and have the planet made unlivable for all of humanity and most other species as well, you have to get behind Julian Assange. We can put behind, put aside what you think of the war in Ukraine or what you think of, you know, January 6th, which frankly is, I mean, the worst thing that's happened. Yeah. But we could sure. have, if Julian Assange is not freed, something that is arguably as bad as January 6th could happen. We could all <laughs> pass away from the water, I think. Yeah, you know, you just actually, my my brain just clicked while you were talking right there. We need to convince those 30 members of the Progressive Caucus in Congress that retracted their letter that if Biden doesn't negotiate with Russia, that January 6th is going to happen again. Because like nuclear again. war, like, you know, yeah, it's bad or whatever. But January 6th, like, geez, that, that's, you yeah. know, that's a heavy hitter. 
I mean, listen, the experts told us that if nuclear war happens, you get under the table and you'll be fine, right? And I trust science. <laughs> or under the table cloth, know. even, you know, yeah. whatever you've got on. Whatever, just something. Head. Get under something with the word table in it and you'll be okay. <laughs> or chair. Anything with the word chair or table in it, uh, you should be good. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a science denier, okay? So, um, <laughs> you know, I think that, uh, I think that uh yeah it, it, honestly i'm i am behind i used to say i didn't like fear-based messaging but i do I, I actually have come after after hearing dr stein say it i am now not just behind fear-based messaging i think we should go straight to uh to the idea of just everything is if you don't support this whatever this is everyone is going to die it's clear cut mm -hmm. everyone connects with it it hits you here right in the emotions uh, it's, uh, you know, anyone who, who comes out against it, well, I guess you're pro everyone dying. It's real. It's powerful then. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, speaking of nuclear war, have you like, have you researched the atomic bombs they dropped during the cold war? Like how much bigger than the ones at Hiroshima and Nagasaki were? Cause I, I always knew they got bigger, like they're bigger now than they used to be. I had no idea how much bigger because, you know, I, I was always into World War II, but I never researched the Cold War yeah. nearly as much. And over the last couple of weeks, I've done a bit of digging. and I found out that the Castle Bravo uh, H-bomb test that was in Bikini Atoll in 1954, yeah. Yeah. they miscalculated how big the explosion was going to be by... Yeah. Uh, what was it? It was 250% the size they had estimated. And they had to evacuate all the islands. Tons of native yep. fishermen got burned and a bunch yep. of them died from radiation poisoning. Yep. Um, and it was a thousand times the size of the nuke dropped on Hiroshima. Yep. Um, and then the Russians, I knew about the czar bomb. I'd heard about it. But again, I didn't realize how big it was. It was like four times the size of the um, the Castle Bravo bomb. <laughs> so like I, I learned new uh, terminology too. There's kilotons and then there's megatons. Megatons. So yeah. I think kilotons are a thousand tons of TNT. Yep. And then I think megatons are a million tons of TNT. Yep. Yep. So yep. Uh, the one dropped on Hiroshima, I think was 15 kilotons. And then the one dropped at Castle Bravo was 15 megatons, so a thousand times the size. And then the Tsar bomb that the Russians dropped was 50 megatons. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Geez. So like, and, and then I watched a video of the um, a comparison of the one in Hiroshima going off in Manhattan, and the blast zone like takes up the size of Central Park and a little bit yeah. further, and then it like disintegrates pretty quickly the czar bomb is from like new haven connecticut to trenton new jersey yep and yep. i mean it's just wow yeah. I, I didn't have the, any idea how exponentially bigger they'd gotten there uh, even and that's on you know the czar bomb which was basically like you know the, it engineered to be this gigantic bomb but like even the stuff that they have in cruise missiles are hundreds or even a thousand or more times more powerful than fat man and little boy were like it's it's right. the, the stuff that it, like we don't understand that the the united states russia china those three countries each have enough nuclear warheads to kill everyone on earth I believe multiple times over. Russia certainly does, and I believe the U.S. does. China, I'm not positive, but I know at least once or twice China is able to destroy everyone on Earth. What What is the point of this? Like, what <laughs> strategic value? I understand yeah. the strategic value of maybe having a couple of these things or a few, you know, a few of them to say, hey, if you attack us, you know, every you and everything you love will die. Going back to that fear-based messaging, if you yeah, ad yeah. don't attack us or everyone you know will die, including you. But, you know, if you attack me, I'm going to kill everyone multiple times over what does that do the the fat man and little boy bombs the original atomic bombs before the era of the h bombs they destroyed entire cities or neighborhoods very deadly very dangerous the bombs that that they have now that thankfully have never actually been used in war to take chunks out of the earth and yeah. make them unlivable for extremely long periods of time. The nuclear tests that were done in the skies starting in the 1950s did so much. They actually altered the uh, atmosphere so much that there is now a way to do uh, carbon or um, uh, th that one of the ways that they will date 
uh, and I'm forgetting what it is now, but one of the ways that they'll measure aging certain things is by the presence of the uh, radioactive isotopes that were released during those bombs because that never existed in in nature prior to when that started in the 19 i think 1951 or 52 or something like that um and and so it's like the the severe amount of damage that was done just by the testing of these weapons and the the massive numbers of people killed uh and exposed to radiation from testing the weapons um these are not like there's a reason they haven't been used. I mean, it, mutually assured destruction is a real thing. It's different to say, oh, you might get shot. And it's another thing to say, yeah, you will definitely be incinerated. And so will everyone else in your country and, and surrounding countries as well. And, and I guess that's good from a deterrence standpoint. But the point of deterrence is to not do the thing that you're being deterred from. Right. So if you start doing that thing, then it's not deterrence. It's suicide. And uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get the, the the proclivity to doing something so heinous and stupid that you end up killing everyone. Yeah, because um, I've had mixed opinions on mutual, mutually assured destruction because it's undeniable that nukes have stopped us from getting into major wars with other superpowers since World War II. Like Russia and the United States have never directly fought against each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we wouldn't do it with China either. Um, but we're getting to the point where we're thinking like, eh, maybe we will fight Russia actually. And actually maybe if China yeah. does invade Taiwan, maybe we will fight China. So it's getting to the yeah. point where it's like, okay, <laughs> now uh, there's not really an argument for having these things. If, I mean, once if that... they're going to cross the line. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a horrifying thing. I still need to read, um, Scott Horton's new book, hotter than the sun, because I've Same, been a proponent yeah. of mutually assured destruction on an even wider scale and actually, you know, smaller level nuclear proliferation. I think a lot of these countries that if they had nuclear weapons, um, that uh, they wouldn't be bombed by the U.S. or China or yeah. Russia or anyone else. You know, if Ukraine still had its nukes, I don't think what's hap happened over the past few years uh, would have ever happened on the NATO side or the Russian side. Uh, but yeah. with that said, I do want to hear what Scott's argument is. And and I, I know at least part of the argument is if these things are actually ever used, we'll all die. And even yeah. if you're not in the areas that get completely exploded, if enough of these go off, enough of the um, of the uh, whatever it is that goes into the atmosphere yeah, that the then covers us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the ash and soot. And then now if you don't die from the actual blast themselves or the radiation that happened, then you die from nuclear winter because it covers the entire atmosphere and you don't get enough sun. And wait, I, wait, wait, wait. So is it freeing Julian Assange? will protect the ice caps, but also nuclear war will. Can we like combine these two arguments? Like if we have nuclear war, we save the ice caps or we could free Julian Assange. Like that, that, that even adds like another level. Like, look guys, there's only two ways out of this. We either <laughs> blow up everything or we free Julian Assange. <laughs> we got two options and they both got trade-offs. Okay. So the first option uh, is we free Julian Assange. Ice caps are perfect. And, but the side effect is that Julian Assange is free. But we do, thankfully, that's a little bit too much for you. We have this other option. Yeah. Uh, again, has a trade-off. Uh, it, it will preserve the ice caps. Uh, Julian Assange does not have to be freed. You, we will all die. We will yeah. all die. Um, and But the price ca ice caps might, if anything, grow. So, yeah, I mean... On the upside, if nuclear war happens, we don't have Ohio anymore. And I hate Ohio. So, you know, there is kind of an upside to that. <laughs> That's brutal because I'm supposed to actually be in Ohio uh, next week. <laughs> oh, you, you don't um, need to comment on that then? <laughs> yeah, no no comment uh, on whether Ohio uh, should be. Yeah, uh, No, I, I think it's absurd. The the yeah. the. And we've started seeing articles, and that's what scares me, because usually when something's about to happen, corporate media starts dropping these little hints of, of like trying to normalize or go, well, maybe this isn't so bad. And they yeah. were like, I, it, there were articles that are like, well, you know, a limited nuclear war, whatever the hell that is, <laughs> a limited nuclear yeah. war could actually fight climate change. And and I added and inflation, too, it would because, you know, the price <laughs> of things would go down because hundreds of millions or billions of people would die. Yeah. thereby at least in theory reducing demand but one would argue it might also reduce supply since billions of people would die i'm not sure what it, i also am not sure what a limited nuclear war is but i guess maybe one bomb dropping I don't, i'm not sure
Well, as long as they don't have a ton of Castle Bravo incidents where they accidentally set off nukes that are two and a half times the size they thought they would be, because you know it would be a limited strike, and then like oh oh shit that oh wait oh limited. no yeah. <laughs> this was fun guys listen before we all die I would just like to clear my conscience and let you know that it was we thought it was limited and it turns out it was actually much bigger so definitely our fault uh, and uh, I think we should propose an amnesty. Uh, I so I don't oh, know yeah. if you saw the it. Did I did see, yeah, the COVID amnesty. Yes. So here, the, if, if folks remember the people out there who uh, were calling for uh, you uh, to have your lives and livelihoods ruined, those of your children ruined during COVID, uh, in order to protect their hypochondria. Um, and then when the vaccine came out, they shifted to advocating for you to lose everything. Uh, if you didn't get this vaccine, um, whether or not you wanted to actually get it, you had to get it because if you didn't, uh, they they would make sure that your life was destroyed. And if you if you did die of COVID or really anything else, they would mock you and laugh at you. Well, now these folks uh, have uh, experienced reality and seen that they were the monsters. They were the bad guys. And so now they are sheepishly calling for an amnesty where we just kind of forget all that happened. Because, you know, things happen. It's just incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. It's like, amazing. I, I mean, to me, there's two different levels to this. Like on a on a friendship and uh, family relationship level, as long as they didn't do anything too heinous, I have like a forgive but won't forget policy. Like, right. you know, and like, I get okay. That. Yeah. Like my uncle, one of my uncles, I had like, I, I just, he came to my brother's wedding and I hadn't seen him since everything kicked off and he'd been a super big prick about everything, but it was just yeah. water under the table, whatever. I'll always yeah. remember, but I'll just let it go. <laughs> but then there's like two levels. There are the people who were just bitches about it. And then yeah. there's the people who were like, advocating for this stuff and coming up with these policies on stuff that they knew was bullshit. And yeah. I don't think we should just forgive or forget about them. Like some of them I think should go to prison, but the ones who were advocating for it on the news who knew it was wrong, like they should yeah. absolutely yeah. lose their jobs and be ashamed to ever show their faces in public again. Like there's, but I don't think any of it's going to happen. I think the amnesty is gonna basically take place like everyone i mean because think of all the other lies all these people have uh perpetrated and perpetuated you know on us over the years like the iraq war a lot of people mm -hmm. who lied about the iraq war nothing happened to them or nope. you know nope. any other war you know since then <laughs> like they get away with all of it so or the uh you know, lying about the housing market not going to crash or mm -hmm. lying about mm -hmm. inflation not going to take off. You know, all this stuff, nothing happens to them. So I don't understand why it suddenly would with this. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are finally having enough. I don't know. What do you think? I think that there's definitely going to be uh, there is a, there are a lot of people who don't trust the politicians that they recognize were behind this. And the and the policy leaders and the the Anthony Fauci's the officials and the and the corporate media people that did it. The problem is, a lot of them still think the other side can be trusted, even though a lot of the people on the other side were at least somewhat saying and doing the same things. Maybe not to the same extent, but still kind of doing it. Donald Trump, um, and the uh, that's a problem because if you have the mindset, which and I had this for a few years. Uh, I believe you you did as well for some time. Um, this mindset that the problem with everything is exactly one half of the ruling class. And the only people who can stop them and, and be trusted are the other half of the ruling class. Yeah. And anytime members of that other half do things exactly or largely the same, well, they're not real members of my half. And it's just, it's garbage. Like it's, I, I'm, I uh, recently, and this is completely unrelated to uh, to this issue, but it's an example. Um, there was an issue uh, in Florida, apparently Ron DeSantis, the uh, governor of Florida, who's a big hero on the right, and even among a lot of libertarians, uh, Ron DeSantis apparently will not show up at an event unless it's a gun-free zone. 
unless uh, even though he has multiple times said that gun free zones don't work. Uh, and he's right when he says that. Um, and so someone came out, one of his supporters actually came out and protested it on public property on a sidewalk and got arrested for it, even though what he was doing was perfectly legal. And it's illegal by Florida law to declare something a no gun zone if it's in an area that the legislature has has kept open for guns. That's actually not allowed. So it was mm -hmm. DeSantis's people breaking the law. This guy was not breaking the law, but he got arrested. So I pointed this out to people and I could not believe the number of people who were just like, no, Ron DeSantis <laughs> yeah. said that gun control and gun gun free zones don't work. I don't believe he did that. And I'm like, well, but he did like it's not this isn't disputed. He did do this or his or his team did or his people did or whatever. But like his campaign, his his administration did this. It actually happened. And they're like, no, or they'd fall into the typical thing we hear of. Um, well, but Charlie Crist is terrible, too. Yes. No one's disputing that. But <laughs> if you just say this guy's worse uh, and then and then what I also saw, there were people that did acknowledge it and went, man, I'm really sad to see that Ron DeSantis is a rhino. And it's like, no, he's just a Republican. Like right. Donald Trump supports red flag laws too. And, and, you know, like it's Ron Paul uh, was the rhino, you know, Ron Paul was the rhino, <laughs> like literally Ron Paul. Yeah. You could argue in, in some ways, Thomas Massey uh, is a rhino. Um, uh, Justin Amash was definitely a rhino. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like there, Rand Paul's there, a rhino, like 50% of the time. Rand, yeah. On, Rand yeah. Paul has his moments of, of being, uh, of, of being a rhino yeah. and his other moments of, definitely being a Republican, like this is what they are. And it's just, again, it's that whole like lesser evil, they're falling victim for a scam. Like it's, it, it's a scam and it's set up that way. It's set up for you to keep voting for this side. The other side is voting for this side and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And that's why we need Walker Fetterman 24, just a total palate cleanser to force the people who don't go directly into defending. <laughs> and I think what scares me is that like, most of the country will just come together to make excuses for them. I think that's what would happen. I hope I'm wrong. I hope most people would go, no, really, wait, what happened? But I, I, I fear that it would actually unite America or a good or the uh, the the majority of voters around going. Well, I mean, you know, he was one of the greatest athletes ever, and uh, this guy. I mean, you know, it sounds like you're being ableist. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um. <laughs> It's amazing seeing people defend the most obvious contradictions to the death. So uh, have you heard about this guy who's running Republican for Senate up here in New Hampshire, Don Baldick? Have you heard anything about him? I've heard I've um, heard bits and pieces. I know that it, either he or people around him have been, um, you know, very like hawkish on Ukraine and I think Taiwan as well. Right. Yeah. So I got a clip here. I'll just play it. You might have seen part okay. of it. But just in case anyone in the audience hasn't seen it. Uh, here it goes. Resistance that's going to win. But what boggles my mind, Steve, is the fact that we haven't gone all in on this already. Diplomatically, informationally, mm -hmm. militarily. And I, I should have set this up, but this was on February 28th. So this is like a couple days after Putin pushed into eastern Ukraine. Uh, and okay. economically. This is not a time for pause right now. We need to get in there and we need to help them on the ground. We have columns of his troops lined up, ready to be, you know, interdicted. And we so he's talking about Putin there. We got columns mm -hmm. of his troops lined up. I didn't know this word interdicted, but it means yeah. basically attack. So bomb. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Bomb <laughs> like strike them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Strike. strike. We need to give that kind of help to the Ukrainians. But we're just sitting back and we're not doing anything. And we're just saying, oh, you know, everything is on the table. Well, now's the time. Putin is a global threat. He is an enemy to the world. And that's what we have to start telling people he is. And we can't take any pressure off China either. We got to go after China because they're in this right. with them. And we don't want them going into Taiwan. Yeah. So, I mean, China doesn't even have anything to do with the conversation. And he's just like, oh, by the way. Yeah. What? I, that's why. <laughs> like my wait what china wait what what was okay that's why we need to take on russia and also china what yeah the, so just to keep this in mind the same military industrial complex that spent a generation and trillions of dollars to replace the taliban 
with a better armed and higher moraled Taliban is definitely going to beat Russia and China without resorting to killing all of us with nuclear weapons. Definitely. I definitely yeah. believe. I definitely believe it's in the same way that if you couldn't, you know, in using like a boxing term, if you couldn't beat a uh, like if you if you couldn't beat the what, straw weight champ, you definitely can beat like that uh, Tyson Fury. Like that's <laughs> definitely like if you can't if this guy if the if the you fight in for twenty years, which is like six six hundred thousand rounds or something like that, and you cannot beat the straw weight champ, you are definitely going to knock out Tyson Fury. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I've got no doubts. Um, <laughs> the the funny thing is, uh, you probably heard, uh, you've seen Tulsi Gabbard left the Democrat Party, and she's been going around endorsing all these Republicans everywhere. Well, yes. Don Baldock was one of the guys she endorsed. She actually came here to New Hampshire to campaign for him. And I was just like, so first of all, I was just really pissed because even though I've disagreed with Tulsi on a lot of issues, she's always had like this independent streak so yeah, my yeah. thought was like if you leave the democrat party you can start not a new party or anything but you could be like the ron paul institute and create your own thing just be that just like your own thing supports yeah. candidates that you like or whatever and this yeah. was her first endorsement out of the gate mm. and it was because she's worried about the biden administration pushing us toward nuclear war and it's like i don't know if you just heard the same clip i did but he was pissed that biden like wasn't doing yeah. enough to get us into world war three um, if, if this guy if this guy ends up making it to uh the senate uh, the only thing uh for the next two years that will keep us from this guy launching nuclear war is joe biden so yeah, like exactly. i, I yeah. yeah i it's it's a it's unfortunate i mean here's the thing tulsi gabbard has been pretty consistent in the need to scale back the military industrial complex but what has always worried me is that there was always this reference to we need to fight the real enemy islamic terrorism and i'm like mm, right. well actually i think we need to stop making boogeymen and creating terror groups and then using them as an excuse to continue bombing the countries that we put them yeah, in yeah. i i think so that always concerned me but i thought well at least she's she's talking tough on the other stuff like you know getting out yeah. of the other things well this is a direct like that was oh, the yeah. most talk that sounds like john bolton gave him yeah. the talking point or bill crystal or something gave him the talking points for that that's frightening yeah so there were a lot of people that i knew in new hampshire who campaigned for tulsi gabbard and a lot of them were like what are you doing no yeah. i'm not voting for this guy but then some of them yeah just were like, yes, whatever you say, Tulsi. And I was arguing, <laughs> I went to one of these events and I actually uh, got like face to face with this guy who was just really like fuming angry at me. And I told him, dude, Don Baldick is a warmonger. He wants to go to war with Russia and China. And then on his website, that's not enough. We also got to counter North Korea and Iran and, you know, like all the typical tropes about <laughs> all of foreign them. policy, yeah. like, Peace through strength. You know, we can't lead from behind, blah, blah, blah. He sounds like Lindsey Graham. He's endorsed by Mike Pompeo, uh, Nikki Haley, you know, all the all the greats. Yeah, um, yeah all the greats. <laughs> and this guy just, he was like the people that you were talking about on your first half of your example of DeSantis. He just would not hear it. He was like, nope. This was the funniest part. He was like, whoever Tulsi Gabbard endorses is good by me. And I was like, oh, really? What about Joe Biden? Because she endorsed Joe Biden. He was like, well, um, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing, man. Like the ugh, just the the blinders that come on when mm -hmm. someone you like says something you like. And even if it directly contradicts everything that they say they stand for, you just ignore it and keep on chugging. That's uh, I don't know. It, it It's amazing to see. I mean, and I expect it from most people right but the right th this is the thing so like jeremy kaufman isn't allowed in the debates because they had polling requirements that we didn't meet right and i was talking with some of these tulsi supporters about like how it's unfair that he's being excluded and tulsi supporters from 2020 are telling me there's no way he can win why bother supporting him i'm like are you 
are you fucking kidding me? Do you remember 2020? Like how absolute zero of a chance Tulsi Gabbard had the entire yeah. time. Now yeah. everyone was telling us like, she has no chance. You got to support Bernie. So he beats Biden. And I was like, well, I don't support Bernie. I don't like Bernie. He's, you know, he sucks and he's a, he's a fraud or whatever, but it was yeah. the constant talking point. You're, you know, you're being stupid standing on principle here because this person can't win. So then these same people are giving me that exact same talking point again. I was just like, wow. So it's, I expect it from most people, but it's disappointing to see it when it's people that you thought kind of had a clue for a while. I guess. Yeah, it's, 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 it is a problem. And I, I think what happens is, and I, I saw it in 2020 where a lot of people who were saying if my pick, whether it was Republican or Democrat, doesn't win, I can't vote for the rest of these, you know, rhinos or the rest of these whatever, and uh, I'll vote third party. And then they didn't because they go, well, but they can't win. It's like, well, your person didn't win. You know, yeah. it, it, it if enough of us stop saying, OK, well, I'm I'm going if enough of us stop saying I'm going to vote for who I think can win and instead say at this point, I don't even care who wins. I want to vote unless it's this person who I support and whose values align with mine. Uh, then if enough people did that, we could actually have candidates that work. And I know there's the whole like Debrugge's law and everything that in any first past the post election system, people tend to break into two camps and all of that stuff, which is why libertarians tend to support ranked choice voting and, and uh, plural other plural voting systems to kind of take that dynamic away. But in the meantime, man, like, I, I tell people, I'm like, okay, you say we can't win. What are you winning? Like if, okay, yeah. you vote for someone that doesn't align with you, that you don't support because the person you did support who spent sometimes years ravaging this person and saying how terrible they are is now suddenly saying there are only hope you have to vote for them because they're saying that you're going to throw all your principle away you already know they're going to disappoint you. What are you winning other than your side or your pick winning? You're being scammed. Yeah. Like this is like a, a you know, like a, a prostitute staying with her pimp because, you know, she because he's winning. And so, like, well, yeah, but you're losing. It's at your expense that this guy's winning. And it's it's the same dynamic. And it's like, why not vote for someone who if they do win, whether they have a chance of winning or not, if they did win, you'd win, too. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Um. It's so funny seeing all these Republicans campaign on how awful the inflation of the last 22 <laughs> months yes. has been. It's always that very specific number, 22. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. hmm, not like the last 30 months or so, you know, like the COVID mm. policies of the last 22 months. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I didn't experience any lockdowns while Biden was president. It was all while nope. Trump was president nope. and while the Republicans nope. had control of the Senate. And I realized the Senate and Donald Trump weren't in control of locking down each state. I'm not insinuating that they are, but that's the counter argument I'm getting yeah. is that we need to get Republicans in the federal government so we don't have these COVID I policies don't have anymore. And it's like... <laughs> and I, I want to say something about that. No, they weren't in control of the states locking down, but the states were getting their guidance and the schools were yeah. getting their guidance from the CDC and the National Institutes of Health who in the in many cases, including when it came to mask mandates in schools and shutting down schools, their own data showed that it wasn't it didn't do anything. It wasn't helpful. It did nothing to stop or slow the spread. And an increasing amount of anecdotal data uh, or anecdotal reports and some data at the initial points of the lockdown showed that the lockdowns weren't working, but they keep kept pushing for it. Donald Trump, it's great that Donald Trump would pick up his phone when he was on the toilet at 5 a.m. and say, free Minnesota, free Michigan, free, like where he freed all the different states. Yeah. Fire Fauci. Fire the, everyone involved in that, or at the very least, tell them, no, you're going to be fired if you don't put back George Bush's 2005 bird flu plan and stop using it for this thing. If you don't go back to, you know, having something that's actually evidence based. And if you don't be if you don't go back to being a, uh, you know, a, 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 an agency giving information about what's happening with this pandemic, as opposed to telling or, or giving severe, serious guidance on lockdowns and school shutdowns and all of this stuff that happened under the Trump administration from guidance from the Trump administration. And yeah. it's, you know, I mean, the CDC under Trump issued a moratorium 
on evictions. That was Donald Trump's administration doing that. Yeah. Like, and, and it was, it was, you know, red states going, we must stop Anthony Fauci. Donald Trump's his boss. <laughs> like it's it, yeah. the, the amount of cognitive dissonance that had to be in play. And then they go, yeah, but Donald Trump would have never done a vaccine mandate. No, really? Do you really believe that? I don't, I'm not convinced of that. I mean, maybe he wouldn't have done it, but he certainly wouldn't have stopped the CDC from guiding all the states to do it. And it would have mm -hmm. been harder for the red, the, the uh, red states to fight against it when the president and the, the administration is under a Republican. That was a big problem with the lockdowns. Trump fought against uh, Kemp, Brian Kemp, when he uh, yeah. ended the lockdown sooner than he wanted him to. And he attacked other governors who were ending them too soon. So, no, I, I don't believe that. At the very least, all of the statewide and, and, and local mandates would have happened. And I'm not convinced he wouldn't have done a federal mandate. Yeah, no, you're making the point that I made uh, toward the election in 2020. I wanted Biden to win, not because I like him more. I think he's actually worse than Trump. But it's because he's worse than Trump that there would be actual resistance to him. Right. Like Trump, this I, I was talking with uh, I had Jeremy on the show earlier today. And we're talking about this guy, Don Baldick, is kind of a MAGA Republican. And the guy that he beat was more of like a Mitch McConnell establishment type Republican. And there's this there's this conception that MAGA Republicans are more rebellious and that they like actually will stick it to the federal government and try to represent the people. And in my mind, except for a couple instances where sometimes that happens with a couple of them, for the most part, that's just a fake veneer that is all wrapped up in, um, you know, it's just um, it's just rhetoric. There's very rarely any action behind it. It's almost it's not real. And it's almost entirely words unless there's a Democrat in the White House, then suddenly you know, oh, we've got to oppose. And, and sometimes then they still don't even do it. But at least when there's a Democrat in the White House, the Republicans care a little bit more about the stuff that they're supposed more. to. Whereas yeah. if it's Trump, like when we had Trump and a Republican House and Senate, might as well have a Democrat administration because it doesn't like there's literally nothing to stop them. And then if you have and, and not and not just a, not just a Democrat administration, it would be like having it was essentially like having a Democrat administration and a Democrat supermajority in both houses because the a the Democrats were going along with most of the big government agenda. They'd call him Hitler and then give him more money than he requested for the military. Um, but the a good number, probably most of the Republicans almost never challenged him on anything. So you ended up right. with a de facto pro big government supermajority on all things. Yeah, exactly. Because when the Democrats are the minority, they never oppose spending. So they're they're useless when they're yeah. the minority. They want more uh, spending. Yeah. When the Republicans are the minority or when they're the party that's not in power, but they have either the House or the Senate or something, then they might give you some gridlock. So um, I was like, why would I want Trump to win? Like he's rubber stamped literally everything that's come to his desk. He did temporarily hold up that second COVID bill, which I was proud of him for, for about four days or whatever it was. And then he just caved and signed it anyway. So, yep. um, I don't know. People are, I, I was expecting the amnesia, but I thought things were turbulent enough that it would have woken more people up, but people are totally gobbling up the, we just need to get Republicans in there because they're going to stop this crazy left-wing agenda that yeah. they actually started, basically. Yeah, I I, I has I spotted the pattern after three or maybe four election cycles where it was like, and when I say three cycles, I mean like two, every two years, like the presidential right. midterm, presidential midterm, where, you know, for a long time, I was a Republican, a neocon Republican. And then after that, for a while, a little bit, I was more of like a constitutionalist, you know, liberty leaning Republican. And I would, but what never changed was my sincere belief that all good things would end if the other party won, if the Democrats won. And I'd see those morons on the Democrat party who thought that every good thing would end if my party won. Well, didn't they know it was the exact opposite of that, Reed? And so I, but, and then I would watch and 
it's it seemed increasingly like silly me it seemed like whichever party won things would just get kind of worse everything bad didn't happen and everything good didn't end but it just kind of got a little worse or a lot worse but you know it got however amount worse and then the other side would win and i'd either be very happy or very upset and then things would get a little bit worse and it didn't take long for me to spot that pattern and i think it was it you know because you would say, well, it's getting worse because the Democrats are still getting in there and they're still doing stuff. And then I'd watch enough Republicans join them and I go, well, those aren't the real Republicans. And then I realized it was an anarchist who told me, a guy named Lou Sander, who said, you sound like the people who said that wasn't real communism. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that was like kind of made me realize like, oh, yeah, that's not. And then that sort of forced me to reexamine stuff. But yeah, it's it's I'm concerned at the number of of people who have been watching these cycles longer than either of us have been alive and still haven't figured it out. They like, and some of them have switched from Democrat to Republican or Republican to Democrat or whatever, but they still haven't caught the pattern that, you know, especially having been on both sides, that it's all just a scam. Whoever, you know, that I forget who said it, but whoever you vote for, you get John McCain. Like it just, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it was Tom Woods who said that. Um, I, I believe so. Yeah. yeah um, you know, I've already caught myself thinking like, OK, the Republicans are going to win, which, by the way, I'm predicting this right now. Heard it here first. I think Blake Masters will win. I think Don Baldick will win. I think Herschel Walker will win. And I think uh, Oz will definitely win. Now. I think like, Oz is going to win. I, I think. I mean, I'm with I you. Think, I want Fetterman for all all that I'm worth, but it'll be Oz. So it frees him up for for his vice presidential or presidential run with Herschel Walker. That's the, true. The only, we got to look at the only one there that side. I think might not win is Walker, um, because it's really, really, really close, and mm -hmm. I'm not convinced they don't have one more thing to hit him with. Although they may have. Um, uh, and honestly, at this point, everyone's so decent at this point in Georgia, it, there's not anything else they could say. I was going to say, what could possibly like make yeah, him it, less credible at this point? <laughs> like, I mean, it, it would, you know, it's like the shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue thing. But I, I think I'm not sure there's anything else that would make people go. I mean, unless he like killed someone or raped someone or something like that. And they'd yeah. have to have proof of it. Like, they're not. What if he like forced it. several women to get abortions and then said he wanted to ban abortion? Do you think that might do it? Or? I think that's uh, <laughs> but you mean seven more women. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's on video him going, I'm Herschel Walker and you need to get an abortion. But abortion's bad. And and I endorse this message. Like you'd have to then look in the camera and say, "I'm Herschel yeah. Walker, and I endorse this message." It might peel off half a point for him. I it's yeah. it's really sad. I don't know if you caught that debate. Which, by the way, the the gubernatorial debate with Shane Hazel and and oh, Kemp so good. and yeah. Stacy. Oh my God, beautiful. Um, but but Chase's uh Chase Oliver's debate with um with uh, Warnock was fantastic. Chase would say things like, um, uh, Senator Warnock, uh, you voted for a you know sixty million, however big you know however many pages bill, and there's no way you could have read it because you voted for it you know hours after it was introduced. Uh, yeah. Are you going to start? You know, are you going to continue not reading the bills that you're voting for? And and Walker would usually not even look at him, and he would just go, "Well, my opponent, like like Chase wasn't even there. My opponent uh, isn't even here." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you were asked a question by your other opponent who is here. Um, and and I'm it's it's I'm sure that peeled away at least a few people, but it's likely that it's going to go to um, go to a, a runoff. I, I'm not sure either side's going to get 50 percent, which means Chase will be out of it. And I don't know, man, that one's a toss up, but I kind of it's a red state. It's going to come down to especially if the other races are close and it comes down to balance of power type of thing. I think Walker's probably going to win that. I, I yeah, think well, I, 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 yeah, you're conflicted now because there's libertarians in the race. So we got to support Shane and uh, Chase. But once the runoff is over and it's the second one that they're doing, then you can just come right out and say, guys, I have to support uh, Herschel Walker. I mean, I don't really have a choice. For and the greater think... good. For the greater good. <laughs> it's not for Herschel. It's not for the for the Republican Party. And it's certainly and, and not then for the Senate. As it, a former uh, vice presidential candidate from a neighboring state, I think you'll throw it to uh, Herschel Walker once that endorsement officially the comes Cohen out. The Cohen endorsement. Mm -hmm. that's that will be the november surprise <laughs> the Cohen endorsement where i go guys listen look i'm not happy about it either 
but the sooner we get Walker, we need Walker and Fetterman, yeah. uh, uh, who, uh, you know, hopefully he's <laughs> Pennsylvania. And I'll say, listen, the sooner we get Walker and Fetterman together in the Senate, the sooner that their their crazy tones match and they 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 become friends and realize that only they can save the planet and then and then run for president and vice president. And I think they should just run for co-president. And I think the best part of that campaign is no one would know which one's running for president or vice president, <laughs> including them, especially yeah. them. They wouldn't know. They no. wouldn't know or care. And I oh, think that's man. we need it. We need it. It's what America needs. See, I, I'm at the point where I, I just realized basically none of the policies that I want implemented are going to be implemented. So might as well just go with the most hilarious shit show possible. So um, you know, there's a meme someone sent me. It's it's like the pessimist versus the guy who just laughs at everything. Uh, so like next to the pessimist, it's just like cries when he reads the news, hangs his head in sorrow. But then the other guy, it's like laughs into the abyss, smiles while reading the news, chuckles while seeing society fall apart or whatever. Like Smells like cotton candy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of there. Uh, so for example, like <laughs> I, I am a pretty moderate person on abortion. Like I feel like some extreme cases should be illegal but then some yeah. other like like i'm kind of I'm, I'm pretty middle of the road on it but when roe v wade was overturned or when the, no, it wasn't <laughs> even when it was overturned it was just when the leak came out when they it said it was to be, going to be just the mm. chaos that ensued that night on twitter because i still had a twitter account i was just absolutely <laughs> loving life i was just like this is so amazing now these people can understand that this is how i feel all the time all the time <laughs> <about> everything <laughs> It, it's but. great. It It's when the people who were just telling you how we have to save democracy and, you know, how how this system, the government needs to provide all of our needs without flinching or blinking will turn on a dime and say the entire system has failed. And, you know, it, it's time to resist by voting for one half of the status quo, but only that half. And if you don't vote for this half, then democracy is ruined. If you don't vote for only one party, then democracy, the system of choosing from multiple parties and, and candidates, is ruined if you don't just vote for this one person. And if we let third parties into the debates, democracy then it's will all die. then the democracy, yeah. the country, it'll be like January 6th every morning. <laughs> every morning will be will be the morning of January 6th. That sounds pretty good. And the, and the ice caps <laughs> yeah. melt. And yeah, the, the ice, ice caps will melt and it'll be January. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good note to end on right there. I mean, that just <laughs> kind of ties it all together, you know. <laughs> that's good. Um, I really got nothing else. Uh, it, it, listen, folks, if if you don't just go along with the status quo, half of it. Yeah. You got to pick a half. If you don't go along with it, everyone is going to die. In fact, if you don't support policies that will lead to everyone dying, then everyone, everyone die, is going yeah. to die. <laughs> it's what you got with two choices. Everyone dies or everyone dies. We just needed a limited January 6th, you know, like not, not a full blown one, just a limited one. It would have helped climate die. change. Yeah. A yeah. limited. Here's how a limited January 6th would have helped climate change. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on on Halloween, yeah. a, a, a holiday that neither you or I grew up celebrating. We missed the American <laughs> experience. Time, yeah. Um, what you got coming up that's interesting? Any crazy stuff coming down the pipe? Yeah, uh, I've got some really exciting stuff coming up. So uh, this Tuesday, I will be in Brevard County. Is that how you say it? Brevard County. I'll be in Melbourne, Florida for the uh, LP Libertarian Party Gold Gala, which is on election night. We're having it at a zoo, which you know signifies that this whole thing is a zoo. It's pretty funny mm -hmm. there. Um, and also, my wife loves the zoo, so they, they did it at a zoo, so we could do that there. And uh, so if you want to be a part of that, um, if you go to uh, LP Brevard County's uh, website or their social media uh, and sign up for the Gold Gala, we'd love to see you there. Um, and then that'll be on this Tuesday, the 8th. So not this coming, not tomorrow, but the following. When is this coming out? Oh, this is live. This is live, man. Oh, that's live. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so you, uh, uh, it, it'll be next Tuesday, the 8th. Uh, and then on Friday, the 11th and Saturday, the 12th, uh, I will be speaking uh, at a, on a criminal justice reform um, 
uh, event over the a weekend event uh, sponsored by many different criminal justice reform groups uh, in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Um, and I need I'm actually not 100 percent sure how you sign up for that. But follow my social media because I'm going to be putting out a post later this week about how you can sign up for that because I'm not even sure how you can sign up for that. But sign up for that. And uh, and so uh, follow me on social media and you'll find that. And uh, as you probably already know, I am, uh, you know, the, I run a nonprofit called You Are the Power. Uh, and we are finding people who are being uh, run roughshod by their local governments. We're helping to organize them to set their communities free. And we're using it as an opportunity to show people uh, how the liberty movement has the only real solutions to fix the problems that we're facing. If you'd like to be a part of that, uh, go to youarethepower.net. You can become a member today. And if you want to get this sweet ass shirt that just came out, go to youarethepower.net slash cyber. Uh, and all proceeds for the sale of that shirt will go to um, will go to you are the power and they'll be matched dollar for dollar because we have a generous donor who's matching all of our uh, donations uh, this month dollar for dollar. Or next that is month, the dollar. perfect shirt for you or, you know, you, you could even just change it to the ATF and it would yeah. still work. But, you know, that would be that would work just as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, you heard it. Um Vote libertarian or the ice caps will melt and we'll have a yes. limited nuclear war and we'll all die. So yep. make sure you make oh, and join and join you to the power. Vote libertarian and join you to the power or it's all over. And there's nothing I can do about it. Julian Assange that's, will remain in jail and the ice caps will melt. Yeah, you know, that's what my pitch is going to be when I'm standing outside the polls on Tuesday. Why should I vote for this guy, Jeremy? Well, if you don't, the ice caps are going to melt. We will have an unlimited nuclear war and we'll all die. So we're all going to die. All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on again.